Oh man, I feel overwhelmed, to be honest. Just feel the sense of God's presence with us. We know, like Jeremy wonderfully said last week, theologically, God is omnipresent. That means he's always with us all the time, every place. But sometimes there's those moments of his manifest presence when he just, you feel like the Lord leaning on you. Anyone feel that this morning? I pray it will come like waves across us today. Just to say right from the outset, I am a Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Presbyterian, uh, Jesus Army, Jesus Freak on planet Earth, Anglican Minister of the Gospel. Who have I forgotten? Anyone else a Jesus lover in this house? Uh, you don't need to be ashamed of it, folks. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. I'm, I'm San, Santino, Santino Constantine Hamberis, with my full title, the third. <laughs> Literally the last and the forgotten one. Thank you. Should we have the band back up? So we're going to, uh, I believe we're going to have fun this morning and, and it might be a different kind of fun than you used to, but I, I really believe people are going to encounter God afresh this morning um, as, I, as I share. It's nothing about me. It's nothing about crafted words. It's about him and his glory. So I'm saying I've, I'm one of the pastors here along with Steve. Isn't he beautiful? This man, Steve and Laurie. He's only beautiful because of Laurie. Did you notice he didn't even have shoes on today? There's glory in this place. It's holy ground. I just saw him going up and down on his toes. I was just like, I love this man. Crumbs, what am I doing? What am I sharing this morning? Right. So I've been away for uh, 11 weeks. And it's so good to be back. I love this family. Love this church. Love you guys. And I want to share something that I feel I've been... Uh, I was going to say grappling with, and it's not grappling, it's revelation. It's something that has so blessed me, um, something that has captured my attention. So we believe that the Bible is living and active, right? We believe that. We believe it's God's word to us. We believe that it's living and active, but there comes those times where it actually lives and acts in our lives. Yeah? It, it, bear with me. It's no good just saying every word in this I believe and it's living and active, Unless it actually has power in your life. Yeah? It, it's meant to be written on the, 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 carved into our hearts. If I lose this, it's not mine, it's Paul's. I nicked it off his desk this morning. It's confessing my sin. I left my Bible at home. Sue me. Um, if, 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 we, if we lose this, it's in here. God's word is meant to change us. But there comes these times when it actually lives and acts in our lives, right? These biblical truths, these realities from heaven that we can't seem to shake. And that's what I want to uh, bring to you this morning. And I kept a journal across my time off. And from the first page to the last page, there was this phrase. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say that with me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now, I had no idea what Jeremy was going to speak on last Sunday. We, we, we heard that he was going to talk about God's glory in some way. And 
you go, tick, that's a bonus. I didn't know what he was going to bring. And, and, and I believe God has us in a season. Sometimes there's these kind of moments in time that we mustn't miss. And I'm going to bring a very similar word today. I felt kind of fear of man rise up in me to say, oh, Jeremy so wonderfully preached it last week. Who, who, what could I bring? But I'm just different. And I know that we're meant to stay in the season for a little while longer. So I'm going to bring, if you remember, Jeremy last week talked about us being glory carriers. Love that. That we carry God's glory on the inside of us. Just, just turn to your neighbor and say, you carry the glory of God. You're made in God's image, okay? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you that you are made in God's image. You're made in his image. You just don't know Jesus at the moment. My prayer would be that you know him. Your humanity is made in the image of God. Okay? So I'm excited to bring a similar message. This week I want to look at it from this angle. The glory that we carry is Christ. I'm going to read from the message. I don't often do this. I'm going to meet, read from the message translation. It's a paraphrased translation. It's going to pop up on the screen behind us. But I love the words that is contained within these verses from Colossians 1. If you're, if you're taking titles this morning, this is it. Where I go, he goes. Where I go, he goes. And actually, if you remember anything from today... That's what I'd love you to remember. Where I go, he goes. Did you hear those brilliant stories from the youth? Wherever I go, he goes. So this is what it says in the message. Colossians chapter 1, around verses 26 to 29. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time. But it's now out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, but Greeks as well. To know this rich and glorious secret inside out and Turkish people, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing and British people, this is the mystery in a nutshell. And it's simply this. Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in his glory. It's that simple. I want to build on one phrase, dear friends. This is what it says in the ESV and the NIV, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Father, open our eyes. Open our eyes to this deep and beautiful and precious reality. Christ in me, the hope of glory. just want to hit the pause button for a minute and I want you to think... You might want to close your eyes, do whatever you need to do to connect with the one that lives in you. This is the reality, friends. Jesus is alive and he is living in you. How crazy is that? How absolutely ridiculously wonderful is that? This reality I want to look at this morning is something that can potentially change anything and everything. Any possibility, any situation, any circumstance, any sickness, any calamity can be flipped upside down and inside out because Christ is in you and he is the hope of glory. There is no other hope for humanity, friends. 
no other answer. We're going to look at this reality under two aspects today, inward and outward, internal and external. Internally, we're going to look at how Christ changes us to become more like him. So there's personal life transformation. And externally, this transformation has impact on families, friendship groups, towns, villages, cities and nations. And we mustn't settle for anything less. We're not here as a holy huddle. Our goal is to see nations transformed and saved. That's the goal. We are called to disciple nations. Not just ones and twos of people. We're called to transform nations because Christ is in us. And he's the hope of glory. Some of you are frowning at me. Jesus is in you. Brother, Jesus is in you. Sister, Jesus is in you. Friend, Jesus is in you. And changes everything. <laughs> At any point throughout this morning, you want to stand, you want to clap your hands, you want to just receive from the Father, go ahead and drink. I'll drink to that. You don't have to wait for anything. Just receive. Just connect with that reality within you. Trees of Christ is in you. And he's the hope of glory. He is your hope of glory. When he comes again, he's going to bring us into this eternal inheritance that's been stored up and kept for us in heaven. That's never going to spoil, perish, or fade. Woo, indeed. There's nothing in all creation that can separate us from this. Listen to this wonderful quote by a guy called Bill Johnson who's a fifth generational pastor which means he's got a lot of Christian history in his life so he's got something to say he says when we encounter his divine presence transformation occurs that goes well beyond the reach of merely good ideas I'm done with just good ideas when his divine presence comes and this transformation first takes place within us that we might cause transformation around us. So I want you to hold, as I'm sharing this morning, these two realities. Internal, that's not the end game though, that transforms the external, okay? There's plenty to say, but we need revelation. So inward, Christ in me means life change. That means that you are being taken from, the Bible says, glory to glory to glory. Basically, you're on a progressive journey, and it is ongoing. You're different, believe it or not, today than you were yesterday. You you might not know it in yourself, but you are. You're different. I think differently today than I did last month. Okay, I'm being taken from glory to glory. Sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees in your own life. You know that phrase? You think, man, there's no change. But you need someone else to come alongside and say, man, I see Jesus in you. Bonnie and Trev, I see Jesus in you. That's true, by the way. I see Jesus all over you because you're being taken from glory to glory to glory. His goal, and it's him at work in us, he's the one that's changing us. He's the one that's kind of going, I'm, I'm going to sand a little bit of Steve there. I'm going I'm to add a little bit here. I'm going to give him a bit more of me here. So increase is happening in our own life. That's awesome because Christ is in you. 
Let me read some scriptures to you. 2 Peter 1.4 says, We are now partakers of the divine nature. Isn't that cool? We now have the divine living on the inside. Colossians 1.29 And it's his energy that is powerfully at work within me. His energy. Romans 8.11 The same spirit that raised Jesus from death now lives in us. That's in you, Beryl. That same Holy Spirit in you, Teresa. Welcome back, friends. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in me. Woohoo! Happy about that? Yeah. The core of my nature, the core of your nature, if you're in Jesus, the core of your nature is being changed. Because his nature is at work. What I want you to understand is you're not changing yourself. He's changing you. It's when you give yourself to him, he's changing you. Because it's his divine nature that's at work within you. And you know what? Christ in you means he'll never give up. Philippians 1 says he's faithful, right? Because he's the sort of God that finishes what he starts I don't know about you, but this might surprise you, but I'm not a completer finisher, am I, Nat? Anyone else a completer finisher here? Come on, be proud, man. We need more of you. God is a completer finisher. What he starts, he finishes. So you can take real peace, my friend, that the good work that he started in you, he will bring it to completion. I'm really happy about that because I feel like a bit of a numpty most of the time. But I know my good daddy is changing me from glory to glory to glory. Yes. Christ in me means I begin to see who I really am. Not the sand, the external, like Jeremy wonderfully said, this cracked jar. We so easy look on the outside and go, I'm not sure, Pete. I'm not sure, bro. But God goes, this is my son, whom I love. In you, I'm so pleased. We understand our right identity because Christ is in us. So I understand who he really is, and from there I see who I truly am. As a son, as a co-heir, as a co-laborer, as a son. Sons and daughters of God. Joanna, you are, you are a dear daughter of God. Truly loved. Eternally loved. One day you're going to be running and running and running because of the Father's love. It's not about position, friends. It's not about performance. It's about sonship. It's about identity. It's about position in Christ. Christ in me means new identity, saved for sonship. You know, if we stop at sins forgiven, as wonderful as that is, anyone had their sins forgiven here? Man, how cool is that? I remember the day my sins were forgiven and my conscience was cleansed. And I thought, man, it doesn't get better than that, but it does. Because he pulls us into sonship. He says, come on, boy, you're my son, whom I love. And in you, I'm so pleased. So I want you to know that Christ in you means you've been saved for sonship. Saved for identity. Christ in you means you have the mind of Jesus it says in the scriptures that we need to set our heart and minds 
on things above because that is where we are truly seated. I don't mean lording it over people. I mean our position as citizens of heaven. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians, we have the mind of Christ. That means that my mind begins to think how his mind thinks. That means that I want my thoughts to linger on what he thinks about. Because when I just linger about what my flesh lingers on, man, it goes all over the place. But when I start thinking about what's good and what's trustworthy and what's pure and what's lovely, then I start thinking about what he thinks about. Christ in me means peace. I have the peace of Christ. Why? Because I have the Prince of Peace within me. I don't have to rustle it up. Amen, indeed. I have the Prince of all peace within me. Hear that rain on the roof? Let that soak into your heart. Not physically, that would be awful. That would mean we've got leaks in the building. But let the rain of the Holy Spirit right now just saturate your heart. I believe some have come here today full of pain, full of weariness. Let the rain of the Holy Spirit saturate your heart. Let peace come. Worry and anxiety are no longer our inheritance. You don't have to live in it, friend. It says in the scripture, do not be anxious about anything. Worry and anxiety, just not mine to live in anymore. I don't want to pretend we don't have problems, but I've got the Prince of Peace living within me. So I just need to connect to him. My soul is well. Is your soul well? Christ in me means joy. I can experience joy because I have the King of joy. It says his presence is joy to us. It's his presence that is joy. It's his presence that is really the true reality of joy. Not money, not things, not possessions. Jesus. He's the only one that will satisfy you. Christ in me means rest. Anyone here used to striving and driving and performing? Thank you, brave one. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with you. Look, both hands in the air. My feet. No more striving. Christ in you means no more striving. No more striving for acceptance. No more striving to perform, to be recognized for significance. No more striving. Come and say that with me. No more striving. Speak to yourself. No more striving. Christ is in you. Man, I think this is rife in us. I, I must, I've got to do this because I, I, I want you to recognize me. I want you to see me. My significance and my value is in what I can do. No, it's not. It's in who he says you are. No more striving. No more striving. Christ in me means rest. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary in heaven, heavy, and I'll give you rest. Do you know why? Because he's achieved it all. Do you remember that wonderful statement he shouts out from the cross? It is. It is. What's happened? It's finished. And he's seated next to God. He's sat down. He's not standing up on a running machine going, Father, Father, nearly, 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 nearly. He's sat down. I think that's a beautiful picture of his position now 
done. And now it's down to us, full of his glory and presence, to extend his work on the earth. So knowing Jesus means I can live in rest. No more striving. Hallelujah. Christ in me means he's the answer. He's my hope. He's my anchor. He's my foundation in which I stand. Do you remember Jeremy said he's the rock in which we hide? He's the rock in which we hide, but he's the answer for every life circumstance. For sickness, he's the answer. For suffering, he's the answer. For my sin, he's the answer. For my hardship, for my trouble, for my challenge, for my difficulty, for my joy, for everything life has to throw at us, he is the answer. He's enough, friends. I don't know why we suffer the way we suffer, but he's enough. And he is healer. So I want you to know that Jesus is enough. You you want answers for life? Jesus. He's enough for you, Jay. Andy, he's enough. Hugh, he's enough. And this is awesome. Listen to this. He has set up permanent residence in our hearts. Christ in me means he's not leaving me. He has set up permanent residence. He's got the keys for eternity to my heart. And he's never leaving. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He will never be separated from you. The Bible says that we are never cut off from his love. A heavenly glue has taken place. And it's better than any glue on the planet. It's the Holy Spirit who's been given to us as this glue that says, you're with me forever. (laughs) Forever and ever. Amen. And our greatest quest in life is to know him. As we just move into the next point, our greatest quest in life is to know him. Not to do stuff, not to be recognized, not to perform, but to be known and to know. That is your greatest quest. And you don't need to go, where is he? I'm, I'm bounding over the hills. I'm searching high and low. You just search for the one who's already camped out on the inside of you. You don't have to look too far. That is your greatest quest on planet Earth. Just to get to know the one that already lives within you. So from here, from this internal perspective, we have this external reality. A guy called Chris Vallotton, listen to these words, says, you always reproduce on the environment around you that you cultivate within you. Let me say that again slowly. You will reproduce the environment around you, what you have cultivated within you. So the reason, I believe, why we have depression rife on the planet is because that's what's cultivated on the inside. The reason why we have a load of grumpy and moody Christians is because that's what's cultivated on the inside, grumbling and complaining and moaning. Whereas if we cultivate love and joy and peace and humility, guess what? That's what flows out of you. So he transforms us on the inside, I believe, with all my heart, so we represent him appropriately on the earth. 
that we begin to live as secure sons and daughters, like I said, that we're secure. That we know who we are. We know who our daddy is. We know who our great Abba Father is. And we're secure sons and daughters. What the world doesn't need is a load of judgmental Christians. What the world does not need is a load of flustered Christians. What the world needs is a load of love machines. You love machine. That's who you are. Touch your neighbour and say, you're a love machine. Do you know what? We, I really believe we're so serious at times, and some of you are looking at me a bit offended. And do you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. I want you to know you're a love machine. Not I'm going to convict the world of sin machine. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not your job, friend. You're a love machine. The way you will reflect your father correctly is by being a love machine. What did Jesus do with sin? He pinned himself to a cross for it. He didn't convict the world for it. He threw it on himself. I want you to think of that for a moment. Jesus threw all of your mess, all of your shame, all of your hurt and abuse on himself. And he nailed it to the cross at Calvary. And there it died. He remembers your sin no more. You're a love machine. You're a love machine. I feel like singing. Luke 17, 21, go on then, yeah. I did that once in a prayer meeting and someone, I sang a psalm. I generally felt God give me a, you know those times where you're like, oh no, I'm going to sing. Oh no. And in my head I recited it and it was angelic. It was like angels. Angels are breaking out all over the place. Wow. Yeah, get the rhythm. Come on. And I opened my mouth, and it was like a strangled cat. Which, by the way, is the only thing to do to cats. Strangle them. Whatever. And as I sang, it was horrific. But I knew it was making melody to the father. And someone, I saw someone coming to me afterwards, my dear brother Phil Goba, actually. I'll name and shame him. And I thought, oh dear Phil, he's going to encourage me. And he just came up to me and went, when's the album coming out, mate? I was like, oh, go away, Phil. The kingdom is within you. You might have felt uncomfortable calling your neighbour a love machine. Forgive me for that. Tell them that the kingdom is within them. Christ in you. The kingdom is within you. Luke 17, 21. Jesus says, the kingdom is within you. Dave, the kingdom is within you, bro. How exciting. Christ in me means he extends his kingdom through me. So internal, changing me. External, the kingdom now flows from me, out of me, through me, to others. I can now live and love as he does. I can extend grace 
I can extend mercy. I can extend forgiveness. I can do that now because I have the same power at work within me that raised the lovely Lord Jesus from death itself. That's why we love machines, okay? Galatians 5, we know about the fruits of the Spirit, yeah? We know the, the works of the flesh are greed and lust, and we know that, and we know the evidence of the Spirit, it says in Galatians, or the fruit of the King living within you, is a life defined by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, and just being an all-round decent chap, the fruit of the Spirit, the life of the living one living within you. Did you hear that wonderful description that Joe read out about Jesus? The one whose eyes burn lives within you. And it's that kingdom that fires from you. And these are the defining marks of a son and a daughter. 1 John 4:17 says, As he is, so also are we in this world. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Be imitators of God. How? As beloved children and walk in love. So everything we do is about love. Everything. Not about judgment. Not about criticism. Not about, can I just give you some helpful feedback? Everything we do is about love. Everything. We're going to come in for a close in just a few moments. But I want just to push this a little bit further. I want us to look at it as, as in kingdom stewardship. What does it mean to be a steward of something? It means to manage something that's been entrusted to you. So I want you to look at yourself as a kingdom carrier, as a glory carrier, as a kingdom steward. So basically, Jesus has entrusted you with the kingdom, me with the kingdom, and he says, now just give it away. That's how he entrusts you. He doesn't say, here's the kingdom, be careful not to wreck it. Liz, don't wreck the kingdom. Whatever you do, tread carefully. No, he says, give it away. That's what it means to be a correct ambassador for Christ, a co-laborer. It means whatever I have, I now give away. For some people, that's money. You just feel, man, I just want to give you some money. For some people, I'm just going to hug you. I'm just going to hold you. I'm going to listen to you. For, for others, it's, it's just extending mercy and grace. It's, it's about freely we have received so freely we chuck it away. I don't mean down the drain. I mean we chuck it all over humanity. Listen to the rain getting stronger. Imagine if every born-again believer on the planet just gave away freely what they have received. We would usher in Jesus' return and then we'd sooner be with him. Imagine if your life was defined by someone that went, man, it's not about me actually, it's all about him. It's not about what my best interest is, but it's about what's best for Sue, what's best for my neighbour, my mum, my brother, my father, my work colleagues, and I'm just going to freely give them what I've received. Luke 6, 37 and 38 says, judge not and you'll not be judged, condemn not and you'll not be condemned, forgive and you'll be forgiven. And it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the same measure you extend, this is the measure that will be brought back to you. I've heard this time and time again being given about money. 
Jesus isn't mentioning anything about money there. He's saying whatever you give will be brought back to you. Money could be part of it, but I believe with all my heart, as I extend grace, more grace comes back to me. Because he trusts me. He trusts me. You know the story of the talents? What have you done? Wicked servant, Jesus says. He, he gives you things because he trusts you. So I want to ask you, does Jesus trust you? Are you, are you trustworthy? Are you giving away the kingdom? Dear friend, what are you doing with the mercy that's been poured onto your lap? Who are you feeding? Who are you loving? Who are you just spending time with? This is the goal. Wherever I go and whomever I'm interacting with, it's an opportunity to extend his love. And it's an opportunity to say, Father, what aspect of the gospel can I be here? What does this person need? How can I bless? Who can I bless? Whom can I bless? How? Is it healing? Is it loved? Is it just recognition? You know, sometimes you just notice those lonely ones. This planet is filled of people that are forgotten. And do you know what our role is? Is to just saddle up alongside and say, Hey, I'm Sam. I noticed you back there. Fancy a chat? I believe with all my heart that's how we extend the kingdom. I want to see legs grow. I want to see people raised from the dead. Absolutely. But I want to see the forgotten belong somewhere. I want to see the prostitutes accepted. I want to see the drug addicts welcomed in. Because I was welcomed in. Freely I have received. And it's my job now to freely just give it away like a heavenly vending machine. Just keep churning out love and goodness, mercy and kindness, compassion and healing. Remember that slogan, what would Jesus do? Unfortunately, we've left it as a slogan. And I think it's probably the most profound statement or truth that we can live by as Christians. What would Jesus do? Grave that into your hearts. Carve it onto your mind. What would Jesus do? Maybe even to the person next to you. Maybe a daughter, a friend. Think about your work colleagues. Think about your family. Think about those you're interacting with in the news agents, at the taxi rank, in the hairdressers in the cafes, at the kebab shop, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? How would he have me live? Man, I've got so much to say. I've said enough. Can you stand with me? Can I invite the band back up? There's going to be more to share across the coming weeks and months and years but I believe more and more that I'm starting to awaken more to a reality that Christ is in me and he is the hope of Hastings he's the hope for my family he's the hope for my children he's the hope for my wife he's the hope for me he's the hope for us he is the hope of glory and he lives within us he lives within us individually he, he dwells here this is his home as a church I want you to close your eyes just for a moment before we sing. The children will come in at about half past 11. So if you are in the, uh, if you've got families in the uh, tots age, 
at half past 11, can you go and get your children? The other children will be coming in, but we might go over five, ten minutes or so and worship. But I want you to collect the children. We want to be faithful, as you can appreciate, to the children's work. They do a wonderful job, don't they? They do a fantastic job for us. So we want to honour that work. But I feel like I want to minister on the back of this through a few categories, but I feel it's right to stop with a song first as we fix our eyes on Christ again. So, Joe, Janeiro, you, you lead us.